welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I'm your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. And if this is the first time you're visiting, thank you for joining in. And if you're coming back, uh, I want to welcome you back. Thank you for joining me. I, I truly appreciate you, your support, and I hope you share the episodes with family, friends, and loved ones. So today is an episode that is heavy on my heart um, in light of the social justice or social injustice situations that have been taking place in the world and currently right now here in the United States. My heart is heavy and I don't know where we can go from here but to just continue to speak about it and uh, educate and hopefully ignite change. And um, I worry. I worry about not only my children, but all of our children, our children of immigrant background, our children of color, just our children. Um, How do we continue to protect them? I think that's what it goes down to. How do we protect them, teach them to stand up for themselves, but maintain a level of safety while putting out the justice that um, is needed for us to survive? And it's needless. I mean, we're all here to do the same thing. Get up in the morning, take care of our families, go to work, come home, and live in a just society. And being of color it always seems difficult for us um this came into my mind just now my husband and i are working on our financial plan right we're sitting with our financial planner who is white and he's talking about all these financial opportunities that have been out there in the past and um taking and having the opportunity to take the uh, risk in stocks, bonds, and things of that such. So he was talking about 1930s and how much a bond was then and how if we all would have taken that opportunity to purchase a bond and carry it out through and pass it down from generation to generation, how much that bond would be worth. And myself and my husband are sitting there And I didn't know we were having that same thought. We talked about it later. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know what? My ancestors couldn't have bought a bond back then. They had to go through many loopholes, have tons of money, have someone someone white purchase it for them and in their name, that kind of thing. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, yeah, it could have but it would never work for us, right? So later, my husband and I had this conversation. I said, what did you think about what he said when he mentioned um, stocks and things like that back in the 30s? He said, yeah, that could have never been us. I said, exactly, exactly. And I said, I can appreciate him for being open and honest and actually having that conversation because somebody else would have just skated around it. But he actually, you know, engaged in a conversation and mentioned it and and was talking to us and with us as if that wasn't an issue, which I totally appreciate. 
But then when you're reflecting back on it, it's like, yeah, that just couldn't have been us. And even now is even harder for us that um hard for us in some avenues. So um I don't know, you know, so going back, I just think about it, it's like we've always as a black people had issues living. We always had to live our lives differently and our white counterparts really don't understand the level of their white privilege and it boggles my mind like why do I have to have a conversation and and explain to you why me going to the store and leaving a store without a receipt and a bag is different than you leaving a store without without a receipt and a bag because if I get out out that door and someone assumes that I stole something because they assume I couldn't afford it they call the police if I don't have a bag and a receipt I'm going to jail and I could pay for it the cashier could have saw me pay for it customers could have saw me pay for it I'm still going to jail right this is the things that we as black Americans have to worry about and consider on a day-to-day basis Living while black is a real thing, okay? And I know there's people out there who are threatening to call police on black people just because they feel they don't belong in the neighborhood. Uh, it's, it boggles my mind how people just, again, that sense of entitlement, that sense of privilege, right? So another thought that just come to me is like... um my husband at one point was dating a white woman and they had an argument and she's like, well, I call the police and you're going to get arrested. And I'm like, why is that the first thing that comes to mind? We're in a relationship. We're having an argument. Why is the police getting involved? I don't understand. Right. It, it It's just that, that white privilege again. And it's, it, and I have white friends. 90% of my friends are white. And love them dearly, and we have these conversations, and 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 even there, like I don't get it. I don't get why we even have to go through this. Why this is even a conversation? We all should be one, one human nation. And I said it's not as long as we have people who feel that um, they're better or they they are entitled to things, and it's just never going to change. And I'm, I, I mean, and I don't want to say it's never going to change. It's changing. And I think our youth is going to be the ones that's going to continue to champion that change. And I, and I love them for it. I just don't want to lose any more of our children, any more of our husbands, our fathers, our brothers, our uncles. I don't want to lose anyone else. And I worry about my children, Okay. I have children that are in two different, one is here, one is in another state. And I, I just want them home with me. So we're together during this crazy time. And it's not because I want to be a helicopter mom and watch where they're going 24-7. No, I want to know that in an emergency when 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 things go down, I want to know that you're in my grasp. And we're together. And I, maybe that's selfish of me because then they can't live their lives. 
but that's the way I feel. That's my anxiety on a day-to-day basis. My anxiety is when my husband goes out to walk the dog, that someone doesn't cross his path and say, oh, you bumped me and I'm going to call the police. Oh, do you live here in this neighborhood? Let me call the police and find out, you know? I can't run in my development or around my development without making sure I have my phone, my ID, and all these things with me when I run. That shouldn't be. We should be able to do what we need to do in our own neighborhoods. Yes, we have criminals, okay? We have criminals of all color. So does that mean that for every strange-looking white man that I think reminds me of Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy, I should call the police on because I don't know if they live in a neighborhood. He could be a pedophile. Then I will be in the wrong. But then again, that's, it would be me, the one going to jail, right? Because I'm the black woman calling it in. I don't know. I just, you know, I just, again, I just worry, you know, and my daughter had an altercation with some woman who calls her out of her name, you know, was treating her, mistreating her. And she, you know, called the woman out on it. And of course, she's the one in the wrong, right? And I think that that just shouldn't be. No, she didn't go to jail or anything. No, no police were called or anything like that. But it's just, um, you know, the mistreatment because of that entitlement, that mistreatment, that Because you decide I shouldn't, I don't belong, that, you know, I'm in the wrong place or you, you, you should call the authorities. And now it's to the point where we as a people don't want to call the authorities when we need to. Okay, honestly, I wouldn't call a cop if someone robbed me. If someone robbed me right now, it's like, all right, you needed it. You can have it. Will I call the police? Hell to the no. Why? Who the hell do I know is going to show up at my door? And I shouldn't have to feel that way. At all. But that's the way I feel. And that's what I see. That's what's projected. That's my perception. So, how do we change that? And... I don't like to feel that way because I have family members that are police officers. I was a veteran. I mean, I am a veteran. I was in the Army. Um, my husband was in the Army. We we both have, uh, again, officers in our families on both ends. So, you know, we hate to feel that way. I have a nephew that's in the Academy. But that's the world we live in. We live in constant fear. They have us constantly living in fear of our lives, fear of not being protected. It's just no no justice. And when there's no justice, there is not going to be peace. There isn't. And I just feel like the death of Brianna, the nun, the acquittal of the officers is just continued injustice, not just for black Americans, but also for immigrants, for those of, I I don't even want to say that, that, that those that are non-white, let me put it that way. All right. 
non-white individuals. And um, it's just not going to be fair. It's not going to be fair for a very long time. Because once we start getting footing, um, the extremists come out and we're back to square one. And I think that's part of the problem, you know. We're out here peacefully demonstrating, and then we have some of the extremists pretending to be on our side, and they're, you know, looting, rioting, and causing the injustice, and we as black Americans are being blamed for it. And uh, yes, we are doing some rioting as well, and, and it's not right, destroying a place where we live, but... I understand people are hurt, people are tired, people are ready for change. We've been going through this for so long. And, you know, again, we didn't ask to be here. We were brought here to work a land that was not ours. We were brought here to work a land that was stolen from another group of people. And yet we're the ones that are constantly persecuted. We're the ones that are constantly on the chopping block. We're the ones who get treated less than as a citizen. And unless we are millionaires, that still doesn't save us sometimes either. Because if we are millionaires and your face is not well known, you can be stopped and pulled over and sent to prison, driving, walking, living while black. How do we change this? How do we move forward? How do we teach our youth how to navigate in this now world, new world that we live in? Because at one point, we were teaching our kids the police are our safety net. If you ever get in trouble, you can call the police. You should call the police. Now, not so much. Now is when you see a cop car stop Wait till they stop, you know, go by. Hopefully they don't turn around or don't look suspicious. Don't make eye contact. Keep walking, you know, keep your head down. Keep your hands in sight. We we shouldn't have to give these directions, you know, and instructions when our children, when our brothers and sisters leave our sight. Um, how do we, where do we go from here? We need to vote, yes, definitely vote our current legislation out because they're doing more damage than any anyone we've ever had in office. And yes, no politician is going to be great. Everyone has their flaws, but honestly, none have done this level of damage. And I don't know how... This can't be seen. And I'm driving around and I'm looking and I see all these, you know, supporting flags for uh, for Trump and things like that. And I was like, guys, do you not see how he's hurting our nation? Does he do you not see how he's hurting our people? Man. It's like you just want to say, open your eyes, shake everyone. But you can't, right? You can. So the plan. <laughs> Always have a plan, right? It's like uh what do you say in the nursing in nursing, right? Add pie. Assess, diagnose, 
Eight, plan. It's a plan. Intervene and then evaluate it all over again, right? Um, so you, you assess the situation, what we have going on, and, it, and it's not a pretty picture at all, right? To diagnose the problem, we all need to treat everyone like a human being. The problem is social injustice on many levels. And then, you know, the plan, plan is to keep, keep bringing it into the limelight, keep act, actively act, um, advocating for social justice and, you know, just keep fighting what our ancestors have been fighting for since we got off the plantation, right? Keep fighting for the freedoms that people who've come from other countries come to this country for. And and it's just just keep fighting and, and encourage our children to stand up for what's right. Right? Stand up and be heard for what's right. I know a lot of the movements that we have out here now, Black Lives Matter, has been sold to companies, so there are people making money off of that. I mean, everything is, there's some people finding financial gain in. I get it. But keep the conversation going. The only way we're going to get change is if we keep talking keep doing go out there vote have your voice be heard our teenagers our 18 year olds you have a voice your voice is louder than ours as parents use it stand up right there are so many platforms now that can be used to get get your voice out there get be seen, use them, and use them for what's right. So thank you. I don't want to continue to beat this one because my heart is really um, sad and I'm literally in tears right now just thinking about all the pain and suffering and worry about my children and my nieces and nephews. And um, so on that note, just start thinking about what you as a human can do to help heal and help support what's going on in social justice right now so that we can start to really be of one accord with each other. So with that, I'm going to see you, talk to you guys on another day. Uh, so thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. And um, please share your thoughts. Uh, you can email me at dc at thesoulfulecollective.com. You can reach me on my Facebook page, Soulful Eclectic with DC. And you can reach me on Instagram, the period, soulful eclectic. All right. I wish you all peace, love, and I hope to hear from you soon. Namaste. Mm-hmm.